Broadcasting from the bottom of the canal, this is RFG, RadioFreeGowanis.org. Uh, broadcasting from the Interference Archive at 131 8th Street between 2nd and 3rd Ave. Getting down to the wire here. Uh, it's almost 5 o'clock. I do have uh, a guest here in the audience. This is Amy Koshman. And now your mic is on. Hello. Hello. Um, so I know you. You're the, you're the insider here. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, you have been doing some interesting work. The Building Resistance Propaganda Party is kind of all about, like, materials for protests and that sort of thing. And, yes. Um, you have a project around uh, such materials. Do you want to talk about it? Sure, yeah. Um, I have a, a project called Word on the Street, which started around the 2017 presidential inauguration, um, which... So I'm an artist, and um, I am Iranian-American, and I was sort of like up in arms about the fact that Trump, I hate saying his name, but whatever is, was elected and was going to be our president is our president. So I reached out to a writer that I know that's well-known in the writing community, Ann Carson, to respond via some phrases of text to the current political situation. And um, she did that. And I took those phrases and I created large-scale handcrafted banners with them, um, with those phrases. And so these banners are like anywhere from, I think the smallest one is about eight feet across and five feet tall. And the largest one is 12 feet tall and five feet across. So, so big, they're pretty big. Big banners, yeah. They're big. Um, they're all handmade. Um, and the phrases are ubiquitous in that they're poetic. They're not associated with any particular organization or cause. So one is to alert is to alter. One is the action comes from the backbone, not the wishbone. Um, another is a quote from Antigone. I was born for love, not hatred. And so we put, I made these banners. We put them up in Kimmel Galleries, which is on Washington Square Park at NYU. And 
I organized a banner making workshop around this. The banner making workshop was a, was a success in terms of the fact that a lot of people from my artistic community who are not particularly active in political spheres came out and were really sort of energized by this idea of responding to the political environment with whatever language felt right for them. And they made wearable banners, capes, sashes, etc. And the whole idea was to put their materials up in the institution along with the banners. That lasted for a short time. And then we took the banners out of the institution into the streets and protested with them on both Inauguration Day and the Women's March. And they've been used in protests since Resist Trump Tuesdays um, and other protests. And so after those protests, we then put the banners back up in the institution with the residue of the protest on them, also part of the archival process, sort of soaking in that moment in time via dirt and via dust from the road, dust yeah. from the road, and sort of collapsing that feedback loop between the institution and people in the streets. So I think that for me, so this project started as a collaboration with my siblings Noah and Jen Koshpin, Jennifer Koshpin, and they're in a um, art production company called House of Trees and Dissident Industries, and we're trying to make this project much more large scale in terms of traveling um, around the world, working with international artists and writers to pair them to create their own version of what we did for NYU um, because I think that this is a global issue in terms of the fact that capitalism is crumbling and we're seeing these uprisings all across the world mm. to just have these art objects that respond both in the art sphere and in the humanist or social action sphere and to have that, that um, those spheres sort of become more of a Venn diagram with more crossover. So the next show, I was actually just talking about this this morning, the banners are going to be up as part of a show they're doing um, called Intersection at Repair the World, which is a community organization in Crown Heights, 808 Nostrand Avenue. And the opening will be on Wednesday, April 5th. There'll be an open call put out next week to put all your protest signs or any signage that you've made that you would like to put up in the front of the space. It's a storefront space there. And in the back of the space, we'll be hanging the banners and showing video of the banners being used in protests as well from April 5th through the end of May. And as similar to the first version of the project, as any rallies or protests come up, the... Um, you know, the banners will be taken out, used, and brought back. Oh, so you're going to so, activate them Yeah, along I'm going to the activate them along the way as needed, you know, as it, as it unfold, as, you know, it, this landscape, political landscape constantly is unfolding. So cool. one of the banners also will be up at the Whitney Houston Biennial, which opens on March 19th, which you guys should come to from 4 to 8. Um, 
it's in Soho, and I don't know the exact address, but look up Whitney Houston right. Biennial, and you'll find it. Um, but yeah, so it's cool because I feel like these banners are getting some play in different institutions, but also in the street, and that's the whole goal of the project. It's awesome. No, it's really cool. It's a. I like the idea of like kind of these. Uh, banners overlapping with like activism and organizing and also uh, in kind of like a fine art context and being able to like live comfortably in, in both places. Um, and uh, I just, I, I think I just put together that the, the show is called Intersection because I know that like intersectionality yeah. is like a, right. a topic that has like come up a number of times and yeah. uh, a bunch of people who have stopped by even today um, about that. Um, but, you know, uh, but I think that that's kind of like a, a cool way to uh, to have like a, an art practice that's also a, a platform to plug into all of that. Um, totally, yeah, it's cool. He the the curator Jonathan Allen was talking about reading a lot of Angela Davis in in her notions of intersectionality. I mean, intersectionality in general. I think yeah, it is a huge issue that's coming up now. Not issue in terms of a problem, but issue in terms of language that is now you know I don't know somehow gaining credibility because that's where we're at that's what we need to do is make these connections across boundaries across cultural and gender boundaries and you know all that sort of thing so so yeah so it'll be cool so you definitely come out for that and you know that's the deal cool um, is that the only is that the only thing you have going on right now or are there more no I also so I think I was <laughs> talking about uh, this project on the last Radio Free Gronis The Myth of Layla which is um, a performance art piece and art installation that I worked on with an awesome crew of people um, including Michael Clemo and others um, but I it's about fear-mongering against the Middle Easterner and it, you know, tackles this issue of sort of the mass distraction that the media causes and then at the same time the fear and the mass destruction sort of emotion that it fuels so many in America to believe that things like the Muslim ban are something that we need to be safe. So... Right. When showing it in New York afterwards, it was around the election that we did, we had a great conversation and political dialogue after the performance. And, you know... Oh, this it, was at uh, Nurture Art. This is at Nurture Art yeah. Gallery in Bushwick. And, um, you know, it felt, like, amazing. And then it also felt like we're preaching to the choir in terms of who we're reaching with this work. It's all, you know, left-leaning, um, creative creatives and so I sort of along with my crew we were all kind of talking about well what would it be like to take this piece which is sort of like an avant-garde performance piece out into middle America and the form of the piece is a reality show called activists and sexy solidarity and you it's participatory so it would be interesting and this is what we're doing now is organizing a tour for this piece with support of culture runners and off top committee which are two middle eastern arts organizations culture runners is providing us with an rv 
and we're going to be going to towns in upstate New York and Pennsylvania, um, rural that, Ohio. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cool. And, and yeah. we're trying to go to spaces that are outside of the art context. So as much as we can, community theaters, schools, youth organizations, to try and engage communities outside of our bubble, outside of the echo chamber, to see is it possible to connect? Is it possible to come to some sort of political understanding? Is it possible to humanize the face of a Middle Easterner that maybe they've never met one before? Maybe they don't understand the perspective of why some of these executive orders are problematic for folks living in the US. So I'm trying to get into. It's funny you, you said a second ago that it was an avant-garde performance, and, and it is. I you know, and I I know a lot about the performance, you know, having uh, yeah. participated both of those times. But at the same time, it's also uh, like the like the structure of it. You said is a um, a reality TV show, which is really kind of like popular culture. Yeah, you know, everyone is sort of familiar with that with that vibe, and like you know, um, so I think that it, like it can it can have both like you know, an avant-garde and mass appeal thing. I think that's one of the strengths of it. Um, Yeah, exactly. I think so, too. And that's the goal, is that also youth um, from each location will serve as the videographers for the show. And ideally, we're also going to do a teaching workshop um, in every location about, like, the power dynamics of media creation and how, you know, even with simple framing, you can create, you know, the vision of a hero or, you know, the vision of someone that's helpless or the vision of someone that's scary or that you should fear, etc. So I think, um, you know, I think there's room to enter into the piece. And if you're involved, then, you know, and you're like if you're a youth that's involved that's from the neighborhood that we're performing in well maybe you'll bring your friends and maybe you'll bring your family and like if you're on the show maybe you'll tell people to come to the show the next day and so there is this aspect of trying to bring people into the piece in a way both as a strategy for um, connecting and communicating across culturally as well as just a strategy for getting excited Mm -hmm. about performance you know and about art making so I think um, yeah, I think the piece, we'll see, you know, it's, the tour is actually a conduit for a documentary that we want to shoot about bringing the tour across country, being an Iranian American artist and seeing, can we cross these boundaries? What are the landscapes of these smaller towns? What do people think in these towns? Um, and why, you know, and trying to really like dive into that a little bit. So it might fail. Like, part of me is like, it might be waiting for Guffman. You know, it might be... Waiting for Guffman. Explain that. Well, you know, Waiting for Guffman is like a mockumentary, a Christopher Guest mockumentary sort of about community theater. And it's like the ups and downs, the dramas, how it's absurdist, you know, how it's ridiculous, funny, falling apart, etc. You know, someone with a grand vision trying to bring a ragtag crew together and, and... the ups and downs of that and you know it might be that and I'm interested in that like if it's a total failure and we're not able to connect or no one comes to the show or whatever that's interesting to me why you know is it because we're outsiders coming in is it because we didn't reach the right channels is it because people aren't interested in making those kinds of connections Mm. 
yeah. you know? And so, it's, you know, all those questions. But yeah, so those are the main things that are on the table right now in terms of what I'm working on. Um, and I kind of feel like it's hard for me as an artist to not just want to make political work now. Um, you know, I'm also thinking of running for city council. Really? As another... Yeah. Cool. Because Brad Lander for this area is not yeah. going to be... I think he's at the end of his term. So, you know, I'm interested in this idea of how do, how do we campaign? What are the aesthetics of campaigning? How do we perform political persona? But also, how do we engage a community? And what, what power does local government have? And how do we get involved? Um, so that's another thing. I mean, it's that's in the, you know, in I the need, works. In the works. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, knowing you know, knowing the the sort of uh, intricacies of the story of Myth of Layla, there's very much a, you know, like a, a, a marriage of uh, entertainment culture and yeah. Uh, government. Yeah. And there's the um, the host of the, right. the host of the show who right. actually is the sort of premier of the state at the same time. Right. So it seems to me like a very you know natural. Um, uh, th- because you're exploring those things already to kind of like go into like the actual uh, government processes in in our current system and right. explore those more directly. So that makes that makes some sense. Um, yeah, I guess you know. Totally, yeah, totally. It's I mean, I, there's something about the fact that like a reality show host won the presidency, yeah. <laughs> where suddenly you're questioning like, why can't I win? A, a governmental office you know why right. can't anyone run on a certain level I mean he was able to because he has so much money and that's usually the barrier to entry but if you start at the local government level where you might not need as much money for a campaign and then if you like it and you continue working your way through that system you know, maybe we can get some people in there that could actually make change. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is the good time to start figuring out how. I mean, it's like a weird, there is a, so much weird precedent for this, right? Like there's there's Reagan, uh, Franken, Schwarzenegger, Trump. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so why not like, you know, Layla and the, or the host or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, or, or just, uh, you know. Or why not Amy Koshpin or Michael Glemo or, you know, and that's the thing is I think it's a fine balance because I think, you know, I was telling it to one of my friends, telling the idea to one of my friends last night and she was just responding, you know, I don't think you can be ironic about this. Like people don't want that. There's been plenty of that too. And there's been plenty of that. And do we need another Joaquin Phoenix kind of like joke hoax performance? Is it real? Is it fake? Who cares? You right. know, yeah. I don't care. Like, it's sort of like it's not fake. It's life. But it's also investigating these questions. And that is part of my artistic practice. So I feel like, you know, it for me, it 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 is a project that lives in all spheres of my life, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You're living it now. I mean, yeah. like, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. You have to- so as this like, pro- yeah. As it progresses, it's just going to become real. Whether I win or I don't win is irrelevant on some level. Yep. It's just about this like information gathering 
and dissemination that yeah. I'm interested in. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so it's just the being somewhat conscious of time. Um, one of the things that I've been asking all of it, actually the thing, the one thing that I have been asking everybody as they come through is, uh, we're at the building resistance propaganda party. What does building resistance mean to you? What does it look like to you and how does it sort of manifest in your, in your life and your work, all of that? Yeah, I think for me, building resistance is about building. It's sort of twofold. Like, I'm really interested in activating communities right now that are not normally activated. So for me in particular, I'm interested in activating um, artist communities to stay resisting as long as they can and stay interested in resisting through, you know, face-to-face -face meetings, through organizing meetings, through protests, through calling senators and governmental officials, through signing petitions, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think that that is really important for me is just keeping like the energy up for people and keeping them abreast of what's going on and keeping them plugged in so that they can continue to plug in. I think that's really important for me, I think. And I feel like that is sort of, that has emerged a little bit as a role for me um, in terms of the fact that, you know, since the election and even before, I've been very sort of diligent in posting all of the protests that I'm going to or that I know about on my social media. And that has brought people to protests that I feel like wouldn't have normally gone, and that's important to me. And uh, you know, I've I've talked to people in my um, social spheres. You know, is it over the top? Am I posting too much? All this stuff, and they're like, No, you're my connection to what's going on out there in the streets, and so it's it's inspiring to them. Hopefully, fingers crossed not overbearing because I don't mean to do it in a way of like I'm doing this and you should be doing this too there's no guilt or judgment in my intention my intention is solely to just allow uh, you know an opportunity for people to connect so that's one the other is just um, being an artist I think for me I just really resist through making work that challenges these notions, these these notions of power, these systems of um, sort of information dissemination, why is the media that we consume legitimate or illegitimate? Why are these trends happening? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a hard question because I think for me, that's why I want to run for city council in some ways, because my question is always, how, well, how do I resist and how do I? Because you could argue, yes, by recycling, you're resisting. You could argue, oh, yes, by, you know, reading certain literature, you're resisting by opening your mind to that or passing that book along, you know, like I mentioned before, Angela Davis or something like that. Um, and that is, but for me, I feel like I 
it's about community building on some level. And even though I'm not a part of any particular organization right now, I am definitely in a community of sorts. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and a community, I would argue, that isn't traditionally associated with social action or direct action because it's a lot of artists trying to make it out there and trying to sell their work and do they have time on top of that to also be out there organizing or in the streets, you know, not really. So, you know, because they're working jobs and then all their off time, they're making art. So, you know, for me, it's about, well, how can we bring those two practices together? Like, can art making be a form of resistance does it have to be specifically political or are there other ways to resist through creative practicing? You know, obviously Radio Free Gowanus is one of these projects. Um, you know, and I think these projects are so important in that way. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks for the, I guess, thanks for the plug on this one. Um, and it sounds like to me that what you're saying sort of echoes a lot of what other people are saying that like, you're trying to make it, you know, you're, you're trying to be aware yourself. You're trying to make others aware of the issues. And that is, uh, people call you the conduit, you know, like you're sort of um, channeling that awareness and uh, transmitting that awareness. And that's an important aspect of it. And it sounds like um, the work that you do as an artist is very engaged with these issues. And, you know, uh, and you're trying to make it more so. And even to this point of like, you know, exploring government, exploring power structures, uh, to the extent that you would even run for office. I mean, that makes, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, Thanks. I think so. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully yeah. people aren't like put off by it. That's my fear. I mean, you know, every, every candidate puts somebody off, right? I mean, yeah. so, I mean, I would expect that someone's going to be put off by it because I don't think there's been a candidate run for any office that hasn't ticked somebody off, I know. you know? Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, you, you, th there is like a, there is like a, a way in which these things change, like the political climate changes and the, um, you're exploring that. And, and I think that that's awesome. I think that cool. that's a, an inspiring thing to do, to run for office as, uh, you know, coming from, you know, the arts and in a way, like really drawing some, drawing some power from, uh, from the craziness that is occurring right now. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's a couple other artists. There's, um, I forget her name, but there's a woman in Detroit running for mayor mm -hmm. who's a curator artist, which is very interesting. And Tanya Bruguera is a um, Latina artist that's running, I think, in Colombia, which is where she's from, but don't quote me on that. But so it's happening. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, people are realizing they have more power than they think. And I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind is that, you know, we all have a lot of power. And if we bind together, it's as basic as anything. But, it, it you know, it could resonate and could create waves and create change. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's awesome. Well, thanks so much. Cool, thank you. Yeah, thanks for for coming here and uh, doing this and for taking yes. pictures and all everything yes. else that you've been doing. Of course. Um, and cool. Cool. So, yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Amy. Yes. Oh wait, do you want to plug your? Um, oh, my uh, website is tiny scissors t i n y s c i s s o r s dot com, and my Instagram is also tiny scissors. 
and my emails also tiny scissors at gmail so just tiny scissors tiny scissors yes and that i the the rumor is that comes from you being uh, uh an a editor. small edit video editor a small video editor <laughs> yeah exactly cutting film with tiny scissors yes awesome cool All right thanks right, Amy. thanks well we are getting down to the end of it here um once again, uh, this is uh, Radio Free Gowanus, uh, radiofreegowanus.org, broadcasting on 88.5 FM uh, at the Interference Archive at 131 8th Street between 2nd and 3rd Ave. And we are in Gowanus, Brooklyn, at the Building Resistance Propaganda Party. Uh, things are wrapping up here, but um, I'm looking around and there is just uh, all kinds of material here. Buttons being made, posters being uh, rolled up and screened and we are um, yeah so it's been an epic an epic day and we're wrapping up here uh, but I wanted to thank everybody who is listening and whether you're listening uh, live or whether you're listening to uh, recorded material that we post online shortly after this um, thanks everybody for listening Radio Free Guanis.
Broadcasting from the bottom of the canal, this is RFG, RadioFreeGowanus.org. <laughs>